0: Welcome to Stop Wanting Him Back and Find Someone Better, where I talk about my personal and my group coaching clients' experiences of healing our hearts, authentically falling in love with ourselves, and yes, finding someone better. I'm Claire the Heartbreak Coach. Let's take your love life and entire life to the next level. Hello, my loves. Welcome to episode 248. Are you seeing anyone yet? Of course, I had to do a very dramatic and annoying mimicky voice for the delivery of this title whenever anyone asks this fucking question at the holidays. If you're listening to this episode, my guess is you've been there. And maybe it isn't the holidays. Maybe it isn't that annoying aunt. Maybe it's just a friend you haven't seen in a while who gives you those pitying puppy dog sad face eyes every time you say, yeah, no, I'm still single. This episode is for you. This has come up for a few of my clients. And a little funny story, I met this lovely, lovely woman at my nail salon a few months back, and she told me her daughters were both single in their late 20s, early 30s. And she then was at the nail salon yesterday at the same time, and she told me that she told her daughters to start following me on Instagram. And they get a kick out of my message on dating and relationships. And she was telling me that at Thanksgiving, they were being asked, are you seeing anyone? And they broke out their dating apps and put them on the big screen and started showing people the ridiculousness that exists on the apps. And they just had a great laugh. And they were like, see, this is why we're still single. Now, on the one hand, I love that they did that because it's just having a good laugh and like sharing in the ridiculousness that does obviously happen on the apps. I never deny that. But on the other hand, I would keep it at a minimum. It's funny to do that once. And then after that, the only reason I want you to be on the apps is to focus on the result of finding your ideal person, not showing people how ridiculous the apps are, and then saying it's the reason why you're still single, right? And, you know, obviously I didn't say that at the nail salon. And maybe... (laughs) Her daughters are listening. And again, I think it's fun and hilarious. There's a great reel that's going around and they say it's the best way to swipe is to have a party and have a group of friends. And you're just like looking at the talent on the screen. And I think that that's hilarious to have a good laugh. But remember to set that intention when you're swiping, whether it's with a group or solo, that you're there to find your person and manage your mind and really check what you're believing And making sure you're not being so reactive as you swipe. So like I said, a couple of people were navigating, bracing themselves for the holidays when they're back with family and dreading that question. So the first part of this is I want to ask, what is so bad about the question? And you heard me just say it in the annoying tone, right? Like, I get it but I want you to pinpoint it. This is where the coaching comes in. This is the difference between bitching about it with your friends and, you know, coming up with a perfect answer just to stick it to them. Right. And I am a fiery Irish woman, so I really like to stick it to people when they ask annoying questions. I also want to be clear here. This episode is for dealing with those who are being condescending and probing and intrusive. You know, there are good people in our lives. I'm thinking of my sister-in-law every Christmas I'd go back and she'd say like, what's going on? Any stories? And genuinely asking. But like, I really felt from her she didn't see it as a problem. Like she always knew I was going to find someone. At least that was the vibe that I got from her. So there are good people who genuinely care and ask and want to know because they care about you. And there are others maybe they care about you. Maybe they're not trying to be malicious, but it's just not coming from a genuine place. And it's coming. Maybe it is a genuine place, but it's coming from this place of like, and if you are single, oh, terrible, that's terrible news. Even if they don't say it, they give you that look. That's what I am addressing today. And so what is so bad? What is the thought around the person asking you this. And then you say, no, I'm not seeing anybody. And they're just like, oh, are they, you know, just sort of revel in the misery a little bit, you almost feel like. And again, one could argue that's all story. And so what is so bad about that? Because I think two things tend to come up here for my clients. It's nerve of them for asking nerve of them for giving me a pitying face. Right. There's that component of it. And then there's also the component of ugh. I'm still single. I'm still fucking single for another fucking holiday, right? And again, I'm saying all this in a very dramatic way because I'm a dramatic person. I finally embraced it. (laughs) So I want to look at the, here I am single again at the holidays and people are asking and I'm fucking telling them I'm fucking still single again. This is where the work lies. If you were really, really good and right with your singledom, and someone asked you, oh, are you still single? Like, please tell me no. It wouldn't be as big of a problem. This is my interpretation and take on it. You might argue differently because I do have clients who are happy single and are loving themselves. But I think it's an invitation to deepen the love of being single and the love of your finding love journey, as well as you know, deepening your patience around finding your person. And so what does that look like? Why is it that you're so annoyed that you're still single and alone on the holidays? What is that bringing up for you? And what can you do about that? And a lot of times people say, well, I just want to have someone. I just want to have someone. If I had someone, everything would be greater. Okay, but you don't have someone. And now it's the holidays and you're extra suffering that you don't have someone. What do you want to think, feel, and do about it? And I know this isn't easy. I know it's not, oh, I'll just change my thought and then I'll be so thrilled I'm single. While well, never denying you really do still want to find your person. But how could you be good and right with yourself, so much so that when someone asks you, are you seeing anyone yet? Your feathers aren't ruffled or they're like barely ruffled. This is similar to the episode I did a couple of weeks back when I met this woman at an event. She was talking to me about being a stepmom and marrying Larry. Congratulations. I actually think she had the best of intentions. But at the very end, she said, cheers, Claire. I'm always rooting for the underdog. And I, like, was genuinely thrown, like, what does she even mean? Like, what? Like, I'm so happy. I'm so in love with my dream man. I'm having my dream wedding. I'm so in love with his kids. Like, I don't get what she means. Like, I thought, fascinating that she thinks that. Because I'm so good and right in the position of being his second wife and the stepmom. Like, I have no qualms about it. And so I want you to get so good and right about that with your singledom. And so I said this in this episode, you know, being the the underdog in your love life, you might think, well, it's easy for you to say, Claire, because you're happy and you're in love. So that's easier to wrap your brain around. Yeah, well, I did this about my singledom at 35, at 36, at 37. Actually, I take that back. I'm splitting hairs. I really think from 36 to 38 was when I finally came home to myself and recognized I needed to be so good and right with myself and not in an urgent race to find him and just really enjoy my own company and my own life so much so that if it took years for him to come, I would be okay. That didn't mean I didn't want him to come. It didn't mean that there wouldn't be hard moments. It didn't mean that there wouldn't be lonely moments. It would just mean I'm good and right with me. I've got me. I've created this amazing life for myself in LA. I love my beautiful apartment and I love my friends and I love my job and this business I'm running and my clients and I love the way I take care of my physical, mental, and emotional aspects of my life, of my body. I just really was high on life for the most part. Life was never perfect and was able to finally manage my negative emotions and my fears, which I still do till this day because they still come up even with my dream partner. So really and truly getting so good and right that if someone were to say, oh, you're not seeing anyone, you know, being the single girl at the wedding, I was the single girl at so many freaking weddings. And yeah, of course I had the thought, oh, I just wish I had my person. I wish I had an awesome date, but I didn't. So I was going to go and make the best of it. And one of my friends told me I was the MVP guest at her wedding because I just went and I went all out and I was doing splits on the dance floor and I was just having a fucking blast and connecting with people who were loved ones of the person who I loved who was getting married. Just how can I make the best of this instead of woe is me? I'm always going to be alone. What if I'm always single? It's better when there, you have your person. And listen, I believe it is better when you have your person. It is better with Larry. But two years leading up to finding him, I decided I wasn't going to focus on how it would be better with someone. I'm going to make the best out of my life as is because that's all I have. So that, my love, is the work. If you've been listening to this podcast for a really long time, you know that this is my jam. Fall in love with you deeply. Again, without... Rolling over and denying any negative, sad, or lonely moments. That is the deeper work. So much so that when someone says, Are you seeing anyone? It's like, No, I'm not. And it's just that simple. No, I'm not. And then this is what I suggested to a couple of my clients. I said, You know, if the, this person who you're anticipating is going to do that pitying, oh, once you say no, why don't you say back? Are you okay? And she was like, one of, one of my clients said, Oh, I don't know. Like, I think my mom would kill me, which is hilarious. And I get it. I still have thoughts like, I'm getting married next year. It's not a Catholic wedding. And I'm like, What are my parents going to say? I get still being like the kid, but also remembering that you're an adult. Okay. If your mom gets upset with you because, someone's pitying you for being single and you genuinely are so good and right single. So you ask back, are you okay? And then they're like, oh, it's just so sad. You're single. Like, I just want you to find someone. It's like, oh, that's so funny that you think that's sad. I'm, I'm okay. So you should be okay too. Right. It's not like I'm okay. So you should be okay. Right. It's like, oh, honey, I'm good. So if I'm good, I think you should be good. There's, this isn't a problem for me. Of course I want to find love and I'm, I'm looking, but He's not here yet, and my life still is thriving, and I'm good. And again, being cautious of like not being in this defensive place and always use your own language, but tone and energy will come through if you really fucking believe that and feel that. And maybe there's a little sprinkle of this is so annoying, and I hate answering this question, and the nerve of this person for sure, right? We're not robots, and you can feel it and think it, but even practicing as someone who's truly complete without. Their ideal person is the way that I would suggest going about it, because at the end of the day, this is what it comes down to in terms of figuring out the quote unquote right response to someone asking the probing question, are you still single in a really annoying way? Is we get into this like there's either you want to get defensive and say, could you please stop asking me that question? Or you want to overcompensate and be like, no, I'm not. But it's good because like I haven't even been focused on dating or whatever. You want to explain your way out of it. Or you just want to politely say, no, I know it's hard. I wish I could to kind of indulge their pity. And I think what you need to get clear on, right, none of this is right or wrong, good or bad. I think my perspective, I wouldn't even say as a coach, just as Claire the human is, do you need to take care of them who are pitying you or do you need to take care of yourself who wants to own that you're single and not apologize or explain it away? And I just think being unapologetic and self-owned and saying, yeah, I'm still single is just the more powerful move. And it's not just a move for the person to be on the receiving end of that response. It's the energy of you as the single person looking for your person, right? That energy is so much more attractive to bring you to your ideal person, right? So do you want to please them or do you want to please yourself? One of my clients was like, it would be nice to figure out how to do both. And I'm like, why do you want to take care of these people? And I get it. I'm not suggesting say, oh, you always ask me that question. Stop asking me that question. Can you please not a- ask me that question? Obviously, I'm not suggesting that. It's like, could you honestly answer? And if they give you a pitying look, could you say, are you OK? Or another question more common thing to say. I'm really attached to saying that. Are you okay? I was actually talking about it with a friend. I'm like, I I love this line. And she was like, I would never have the balls to say that. And I'm like, I would love to say that to someone. (laughs) Are you okay? I'm okay. I wish I was quick enough when the woman referred to me as an underdog. I would have been like, wait, I'm so confused. Why am I the underdog? I just wasn't quick enough. And it was an event and it was loud. And she was like cheersing me at the end. But it was one of those moments that I was Like oh, I would have loved to have asked her that, but it was like so quick, and I couldn't even believe that she had said it until after the fact. But another thing that you could do, which would definitely take care of the other person and you, even though I don't think you need to take care of the other person, would be to just be like, no, and Janice. I Janice was the first name that came to mind. Isn't Janice the? woman who laughed on Friends, the Janice laugh, right? (laughs) Anyone watch Friends? Oh my God. Best show ever. RIP Matthew Perry. Heartbreaking. There's my ADHD brain. Anyway, sorry if anyone's name is Janice who's listening to this, but no, Aunt Janice, you know what? I'm not seeing anyone, but when I am, you will be the first to know. And as I'm saying this line, I definitely said that when I was an actor and I would be at a lot of my friends' weddings and I would go home and visit family and my parents' friends and I'd be working in a clothing store in my hometown while I was auditioning and people would be like, is there anything I'm going to see you in next? That's question used to drive me crazy, of course, because most of the time I wasn't in anything. But I will tell you this. It actually also irritated me when I was in something and I did have Something to report like a commercial or a guest star on a TV show, because I could see then that the person then was like, oh, now you're validated. Now you're a legitimate actor because you're on something. So when you're on something, that counts. But like if you haven't had a job for a year, that doesn't count, right? It's like you're more valuable and life is going well for you if you're in a partnership versus if you're not in a partnership. So of course, we have these really annoying societal standards and especially our older generations that are more old school and think you should be settled down by a particular time. I get it. I get the trigger. I was triggered many times by that question. It's super annoying and we can't stop them from asking, but we can look at why is it so triggering and we can take the best care of ourselves and be the person that's enjoying the journey, enjoying their singledom and give an answer that comes from that person's brain versus an answer that comes from your automatic thought, which is to defend or people please or pretend like you don't even want it right now. That's not even anything you're focusing on. Right. Like putting, you know, a spin on it so that you don't get the pity from them. It's like you can pity me. I don't need it. But thanks. Right. It's like that is their shit. That is not your shit. Them Pitying you says way more about them than it actually does about you. And yeah, is it annoying? Right. Then you go to the piece of, well, I'm annoyed, not because I'm bothered by my singledom. I'm annoyed that they have the nerve to ask the question in this way. And again, I say that just says way more about them than. It does about you. If that is the reason, all the more reason for you to just be like, Are you okay? I'm good. Oh, it just, I love that one. One of my clients was not into it, two were like, Ooh, I'll noodle on that. (laughs) And, you know, I get, and I mean, even my friend said I would not have the balls to say that. It's like, yeah, because it's so ingrained in our brains because of society, right? That like being like, I don't get it. Why does this upset you? It's like such an obvious thing that it would upset you. And I, I use this comparison with uh, one of my clients. You know, Larry and I got engaged after being together for almost three and a half years. How many times people were like, are you guys engaged? Are you going to get engaged? Do you know when you're going to get engaged? Oh, my God, you're going away. Do you think he's going to propose? And I'm like, guys, no, I know he's definitely not. I knew not because he didn't want to be with me forever, just factors with his children being the main factor. It took longer than I think either of us thought it would would take. And that was totally fine by me. I was also using another example. What was it? Oh, yeah. We don't technically live together full time. I've got my own apartment still. And he lives in the house. I am there 99% of the time. The kids are there 50% of the time. But I use my apartment for things like this, recording the podcast, my Zoom calls, and maybe one night a week or every Two weeks. I still stay at the house. I like to give him and the kids space. Do we ideally want to move into our bigger dream house? Yes. And I believe that will happen. It's not happening now. So I'm not suffering because of it. And if anyone were to say to me like, oh, you're engaged. You've been together for four years. You don't even really officially all live together yet. Oh, I'd be like, no. Is that a problem for you? Like, if it's not a problem for yourself on a true guttural level, it really is so easy to say, like, I just don't understand what your problem is that we don't all live together. Or if someone was like, oh, this is another great example. I can't tell you how many people have been like, oh, so are you and Larry going to have kids? And this is even after our engagement. But yes, it has come up more since we got engaged in June. I'm recording this in November of 2023 do you want kids? I mean, wait, how old are you? Wait, how old is he? Oh, you guys could still have kids. And like, even before I get out, no, four is enough. They've already gone off to the races that we don't want kids. And I'm like, no, you know, like we're we're good. And like he told me in the beginning when we were dating that like he definitely didn't want kids. And they're all like, oh, I'm like, Guys, like I, I agreed to it. It's my choice too. I chose to not with him. It's just, it's very fascinating how people project, especially women who have had kids. They just assume everyone wants them, and I don't mean all women with kids, but you know, it really is a great reminder. And I talked about this on the underdog episode. We'll link that up in the show notes. It's a great reminder for all of us, myself included. I know that I too can project onto other people based on what works for me and what doesn't. I think it's a very natural and human thing to do. But we got to check ourselves and recognize now more than ever, at least in the world that I'm living in, to each their freaking own. Pace on when to move in, pace on when to get engaged, pace on when to get married, pace on whether you want kids or don't want kids. Do you have a kid before you get married? Deciding to be single, deciding to date yourself, deciding to throw yourself into your career. Whatever it is, you've just got to fucking own it and and love your reasons for it. The naysayers are going to continue to be naysayers. The passive aggressiveness is going to happen. The judgment is going to happen. Let's be real. We all judge. And it's a good reminder for us to be open minded and check with people and ask them how they feel about it. You know, are you seeing anyone? No, I'm not. Oh, okay. Like, is that a good thing? Is it not a good thing? I mean, just genuinely asking. I also think just saying in advance of asking something that you wonder could be, A question someone doesn't want to ask, I often say, I hope this is an annoying question, or forgive me if you don't want to answer this. No worries. I mean, I even do that as a coach, especially in my group coaching program. Like, don't feel like you have to answer this question. I was just curious if this is too triggering. You know, I think it's just important. But you're listening to this episode because probably you think you are that person who's very sensitive (laughs) and you want others around you to be sensitive. Finally, you do also have the option, which I think is easier to do. And this is just, again, my opinion. It's easier to do with parents and with siblings versus maybe an aunt or a cousin or an uncle or a grandparent where, yeah, they're family, but you for lack of better words, know how to behave, right? You're not going to give them the attitude that maybe you'd feel comfortable giving your sibling or your parent. I definitely have found in my own experience, it's easy for me to put up boundaries. I've used this example before. As I was building my coaching business, my dad, who's a very smart guy, would ask me because he cares, you know, how's it going with finding clients? And it was really such a triggering question for me because it was scary growing my business right i felt very fragile and very scared and i really wanted to protect my energy and my dad who is obviously a lot older than me he's in his late 70s and you know has a very different business background and cultural background you know he doesn't know much about building an online business, let alone a heart-centered life coaching business in 2023. He's someone who's very invested in my life and each of my brother's lives. The three of us are very different, and he's just genuinely interested and genuinely cares. It's a beautiful thing. I know it's coming from a good place, but when he starts to give me unsolicited business advice, I find it very irritating and annoying, even though I know it's coming from a good place. Oh, that's another thing. I'm sure people also probably try to tell you how to find someone or my friend's niece. She found a guy this way. You should try this. Right. But I just very calmly and lovingly said to my dad, I appreciate you asking me because I know it's because you care but when you ask me the that question it gets me anxious and what i'm learning how to do in building my business is very different and you know you would probably say is very out there you know talking about mindset and thoughts creating results like you're not going to be picking up what i'm throwing down so i just think it's best to not talk about it and i promise i'll tell you when I sign clients and how it's going, but I don't want to get into because then he'd be like, you need to watch this program on CNN. I'm like, I don't. I don't. And so all of this to say is you can put up a boundary with whoever and say, I appreciate you asking me that question, but it's just a question I don't like answering. And, you know, I, I will tell you in the future if there is someone to write home about. But right now there isn't. And that is different than, well, Aunt Janice, no, I am not seeing anyone, but when I am seeing someone, you'll be the first to know. That's like a sarcastic, passive-aggressive way of saying, and please don't ask me again. But you also have the option to directly ask the person to stop asking you that question. I remember this With a good friend of mine who was an actress, is an actress. And, you know, this was in my younger years, in my 20s. And I'd say, How'd your audition go? And I was an actress too. And she eventually said, I know you're asking because you're just being a kind and supportive friend, but I just don't even want to talk about my auditions after because I get in my head and I'm super anxious and I'm like wondering if I'm going to hear, wondering if I'm going to get a call back. So then when you ask or anyone else asks how it went, it just gets me in my head. So, if you don't mind, please don't ask me that question. And I just remember thinking like, damn, that is baller. It's baller when you politely and firmly ask for what you need or what would you, you would prefer the person not to do, even if what they're doing is not malicious. And if it is malicious, you can say, look, you keep asking me this question and I don't want to answer it. So stop asking me the question. And if you ask again, I will just ignore you or I'll hang up the phone. If it needs to be more firm, be more firm. This message is all about putting you first, taking care of you first and foremost, loving the fuck out of your singledom, loving the fuck out of your finding love journey, And I say loving the fuck out of coming up with the perfect answer coming from an aligned self-owned place about where you're at in your dating life to those, whether they are well-intentioned or not well-intentioned, that you are just in your groove and you are not letting these people derail your mojo. This was such a fun episode for me to do. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I loved recording it. Three ways you can work with me, but I'm recording this a couple of weeks in advance of this release date. So one-on-one coaching, I only have, actually, is it? it's two spots left right now. And that will all depend on our time slots because things are pretty full as we speak. We've got my group coaching program, four 90-minute calls, access to my 75-video course. It is incredible. The group has grown over the last month, and we've just got amazing people in there doing the work, walking the walk, learning so much from watching each other get coached. And of course, we have my course. That same 75-video course, Stop Wanting Him Back and Find Someone Better. And that course just has so many gems of wisdom on healing your heart, deepening that relationship with yourself, owning your singledom, owning your age, owning all parts of you and then learning a very intentional way to get out there and find your person and a step-by-step bonus dating guide section that I just recorded a little over a year ago. And that course comes with a bonus one-on-one coaching session with me. Payment plans are available. I would love to connect with you in this way or in any of those capacities. So much love, my loves. Until next time, bye. My love. Are you ready to stop wanting him back and find someone better? Then head on over to clairetheheartbreakcoach.com and sign up for my one-year group coaching program. I can't wait to put a stop to your broken heart and get a start on your happily ever after.